0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It's a mixed type of Wednesday, especially when we look at this grain complex. The the livestock, on the other hand, as we look at the opposite page, a lot of negativity taking a little bit back of what happened yesterday. But from a global, all-over perspective, there's a lot of things happening right now in the world and all tying back to agriculture. And we're talking non-ag stuff. Inflation, regional bank issues, the Fed, debt ceiling. But then we talk about the Black Sea region, growing conditions in Brazil, so many hands in this pot of agriculture affecting the way we see this trade move every single day. We're going to talk about all of that today with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with StoneX, and we've got to first start talking. Your midday newsletter that you started out right away was talking about today's inflation data, though it was on the mixed side. Still having some strong influence on what we see in agriculture
1: it really is um because it it make let me make the connection because the markets today are so heavily invested by billions of dollars of investment funds hedge funds index funds um, and so they bring a wall street mentality and therefore they make the connection that what is uh, affecting wall street therefore affects how they perceive supply and demand fundamentals so they manage supply and demand fundamentals at different price levels based on their perception of what's happening outside markets. That's why it's important. And that's why we need to understand how they're thinking to help make sense of the markets.
0: So you look at that, How how is what's happening right now with, with the feds and what we see in inflation and, and even those regional bank issues popping up? How do you see that tying back in?
1: Well, first of all, going back to a year ago, we saw that Wall Street started worrying more about recession than they did about inflation they had been buying heavily into the commodities helping elevate commodity prices because of fears about inflation and in fact we did have inflation growing at the time and growing rapidly um, but then as the fed began to rapidly raise interest rates faster than what the market thought was reasonable in their opinion they started worrying about recession and we've been climbing this wall of worry about recession ever since then and starting in mid-june of last year They started pulling money out of the commodities because they were convinced that when recession hits, that that would decrease demand for all commodities. Now, recession hasn't hit individual sectors of our economy under recession. But recession itself has not hit our economy. But yet we've been trading commodities as if demand for them are going to be hurt. And we are now starting to see a decline in demand for commodities. Some of that is due to decreased uh, production of products, particularly affecting energy, etc., uh, but some of the other commodities as well. And, and some of it's due to just regular production issues with our competitors producing uh, bulk volumes at cheaper prices because of currency exchange rates. Uh, and so they would say, see, we're right. Uh, but if they start talking about inflation once again, and there are reasons that they could do that as we go into the future over the next few years, then we would anticipate, based on history, that money flow would start coming back into the commodities once again. And the market would start trading some of the same fundamentals at a different price level than what they price uh, traded today.
0: So let's look at these, the regional bank issues. When you say regional, where are, are we seeing this pop up?
1: Yeah, there's about 30 of these big regional banks. You know, the big banks are like Citibank and J.P. Morgan, et cetera. But I'm talking about the banks just under them, that level. There's about 30 of them. Three of them have already uh, had significant problems this year or had uh, had to be taken over by the FDIC concern is that more of them will be. And so that concern really dominated the markets in in much of March and in April. And whenever those concerns were heightened, we generally saw fear in the commodity markets, even at times more than what we saw in the equity markets, fear that the banking problems were going to send us into recession and hurt demand. But as those concerns start quieting down, like they have this week, they've kind of quieted down again. Uh, we've seen trading as, of commodities go back to trading more supply and demand fundamentals. And, uh, so it's when the banking concerns are high, that it's mostly fear driving the commodity markets. When those concerns are low, then we start going back to supply and demand fundamentals, although biased by these recession fears.
0: And you can't turn on the news or, or or the radio and not hear the discussions about the debt ceiling. But again, ties back to ag.
1: It, it does. And and here's how, and this is kind of a big picture now. If we continue on the path we're, we're on right now, it's estimated that our debt will be forty-two point seven trillion trillion four four years from today. And the interest obligation of our federal government on an annual basis will be $1.7 trillion. $1.7 trillion, that's three to four hundred billion dollars more than what we pay in social security every year. So that's a significant problem. And so if that were to play out, then that would mean that we either have to have a significant increase in taxes, which tends to suppress the economy, create recession concerns once again, suppress demand for commodities, or we need to see a significant cut in government spending, which both parties seem to have trouble doing to varying degrees, or the Fed has to monetize our debt by printing more money devaluing the dollar and that tends to be inflationary and in inflationary times we tend to see money come flying back into the commodities again so that kind of takes us full circle how this all ties together policy in washington versus our commodities
0: all right we'll stick around folks we've got a lot more to look at as we get ready for the second half we'll take a look at the agricultural issues when it comes to growing conditions in brazil What's going on in the Black Sea region, China, and a lot more as the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell is just around the corner. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Wednesday right here on the Rural Radio Network.
1: Welcome to the Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish, FSR with Fontenelle Hybrids. We're going to visit with Bob Wiseman. He's a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer in the Hershey, Nebraska area. So, Bob, tell us what you enjoy most about working with Fontenelle Hybrids. I would say it's the relationships that we've built with our FSRs and Agronomy guys, just the knowledge that's out there, and any questions, people are readily available to answer and, and help you out. And being a dealer for Fontenelle, what's been the most rewarding aspect for you? Finding the products that fit a producer's needs and watching them succeed. And what makes Fontenelle stand out among other local seed brands? I would say it's probably our large selection of quality hybrids to fit all maturities, and then the abundance of varieties with and without traits to fit everybody's needs. For more about us, you can visit Bob Wiseman there in the Hershey area, any of our Fontenelle dealers across the state of Nebraska, or go to Fontenelle.com.
0: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman. Of course, Arlen is with Stonex. We'll switch gears after we talk some heavy stuff on, on the front half. Let's look at some growing conditions in Brazil. I, I did hear yesterday when I was moderating a panel that there's still some dry pockets out there. Guys are relying a lot on irrigation if they have the opportunity to, Arlen. But what are you hearing for the, how this crop's doing?
1: Yeah, we're still looking for a total corn crop around just shy of 132 million metric tons. We've been the highest estimate all year long, but others are now coming closer to us. And are starting to get in that upper 120 level. And, uh, so it's a big crop. We do have some more dry pockets developing. Uh, as I've talked to our people here over the last week to 10 days, one of the concerns is we still have some corn that's less than knee high due to late planting in Mato Grosso de Sul. That'd be just south of Mato Grosso but it's a major safrina corn growing area. And that leaves them vulnerable for frost or freeze damage. Uh, Normally by this time of the year, the crop would be far enough along, you wouldn't worry about it as much. Um, But since everything was planted so late this year, it's more of a concern. Now they normally don't get freezes, but they can happen. So we're watching that to give you a little bit of an idea. We're in the month of May now. So if you go back six months, that would be early winter equivalent in our time. And their overnight lows on a cold night may drop down into the mid to upper 40s. You get a really strong cold front, and you can drop down into the low 30s or upper 20s. And that's what we need to avoid is that kind of strong cold front the other possibility it would be at the end of the rainy season and the rainy season has lasted longer this year than normal usually it's over by this time they are still getting rains those rains are cutting back they are in decline the monsoon is coming to an end so far most areas and i'd say 85 percent of the areas are getting sufficient rains to maintain pollination and grain fill um but you know we need this to last for a few more weeks, and uh, in order to fill this crop out, otherwise we 'll start pulling back on those production estimates
0: all right. The influence that we 've seen uh with with China once again making cancellations kind of give us your spin on what you 're hearing
1: I think that 's one of the biggest indicators of confidence in that Brazil crop is they are canceling uh, We had a, uh, one of the major top grain companies from China in here, and I talked to them. Um, just about a week or 10 days ago, and and they acknowledged that uh, it's a, certainly a factor with the Brazil crop and cancellations um, because they want to diversify. The government wants them to diversify as much as possible away from the United States to not be dependent upon the United States. And with currency exchange rates, that becomes a factor that helps stimulate and encourage that as well. But the growing tensions between the United States and China certainly add to that. Um, And and that continues to be a factor. We have seen some of our top leaders meet not at the presidential level but at the top foreign minister level have, have met to have talks trying to de-escalate things somewhat um, but it does continue to grow um, China's hosting a conference next week with Central Asian countries five key Central Asian countries most of which used to be part of the old USSR part of Russia uh, so that's interesting because they're trying to build their economic and military ties with those countries. Um, but uh, they're getting increasingly concerned because Japan, South Korea, and Philippines are now strengthening their military ties with the United States because they're concerned about China. And so China sees that as a growing threat. And um, so uh, the, those things continue to escalate, which tends to move China away from buying from United States when they have the opportunity to do so.
0: Well, and then we've got everything that's happening in the Black Sea region.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the current grain initiative that allows Ukraine to export grain, in which corn has been the primary focus, followed by wheat, uh, come from three ports. That looks like it may actually be at risk of not being continued past May, uh, May 18th at this point. In fact, Russia for a couple of days blocked inspections of any ships moving in and out. Now they've started allowing ships to come out strategically, not all ships, but just ones that they, certain ones they allow to come out. Um, so it 's looking at like the risks are increasing that that 's going to decline, uh, and also overland shipments are also declining for Ukraine as well as European countries complain about the grain being dumped into their markets. so basically we have to be prepared for the possibility that this rich production area Ukraine may soon become isolated from the rest of the world once again, limiting the supply and availability of uh, grain and oil seeds.
0: Lots of global talk today. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen?
1: Stonex.com or on our app, the Farm Advantage app, or look for me on Twitter, ArlenFF101.
0: That is today's Fontenelle final bell. And as we always remind you, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That's the Fontenelle final bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.